All right. Got to do my like Your one, deep two, breath. three, clo- close my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shit. <laughs> Welcome back to the Health Unfiltered podcast. My name is Nicole, and I am joined with my lovely co-hosts, Brooke and Roe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and we also have a very special guest today, Savannah. Hey, Savannah. Hey, guys. Hello, Thanks Savannah. <laughs> Super excited to have you here. Um, oh gosh, so- <laughs> Savannah is a functional range conditioning mobility specialist and a certified personal trainer through National Academy of Sports Medicine and ACE. She is also a strength mobility and kickboxing instructor at Hotbox here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Welcome. And is there anything I missed kind of in the introduction? I kind of want to give you some time to... No, uh, relay all your awesomeness. <laughs> She's like, I like long walks. Um, <laughs> long walks on the beach, back rub. Exactly. <laughs> I'm simple. I'm simple. Uh, well, I'm super excited that you're here. Um, I've gotten the privilege to know you over the last couple of years, and I seriously can't think of many better humans. You're just very awesome in the fitness world and the gym space. And you've really allowed me to kind of like tap into my strength and movement in a whole new way. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation with you. Oh my gosh. Me too. That's a, that was you very high it. praise. And now I expect nothing but like amazing <laughs> things. So. Savannah, no Savannah's the real deal. She's the real deal. What's everyone drinking tonight? I'm drinking my Omission <laughs> Brewing Pale Ale tonight. I was in the mood for a good Sunday beer. Cool. That does that does sound good. I uh, <laughs> I'm drinking what's this called? Uh, Marbles Double White Triple Berry. I was talking earlier about how uh, I only have like heavy beers in my in my what's it called fridge right now? Except for this. <laughs> And uh, if you can't tell, I'm I'm a little hungover. Uh, had way yeah, too much tequila last night. I was surprised that you're drinking. Ah, uh, you know, just how else am I going to start my hair week? Hair the dog. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hair the dog about 12 hours too late. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, it's good. It's been a while since I've had it, but it's really smooth and, and it's a little fruity. So whatever. Good Sunday beer as well. And Savannah, you had a little Sunday fun day today? I did. I had every intention of drinking with you guys. Um, (laughs) Then I went to brunch and had quite a few ciders, which is Mm -hmm. not my MO. (laughs) (laughs) They were so good. So I kept Mm -hmm. drinking them. Brunch is always a very dangerous territory. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) I never brunch. And the one time it happened, I was like, it was wonderful. Why don't I ever do this? Exactly. The best. Didn't, didn't we go to, to, was it Commodore Bob's? Yes. Was, that, was that us three, Brooke, Nicole? In Mississippi. Yeah. And we got the unlimited memo. And we yes. were all just like smashed by like 10. Mistakes yeah. were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. I just remember like getting home mimosas. and being like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, mimosas, <laughs> mimosas go down like way too easily, but because yeah. there's so much sugar and champagne That's really messes me up, I just mm-hmm. get such a headache the next day. Oh man, mm-hmm. it's miserable. Ugh. Well worth it though. Mm-hmm. Well, I am drinking a little bourbon barrel aged Cabernet Ooh, tonight. Fancy, fancy. I mean, it was probably less dollars. <laughs> All right. Falling <laughs> on a budget is what we call that. Yes. Uh, well, cheers, everyone. I'm excited for this podcast. I do think that we have a question of the week from the one and only Alex Brooke. I don't want to jack up her last name. We How do. Does- Alex John Tolly. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Two last names. The question is about bloating and what causes it and how to make it go away. Do those anti-bloat supplements actually help? Who wants to tackle it first? <laughs> Rose, like, I, I'm not going to. No, I, that's not my that's not my field though. Like, you go ahead. <laughs> cool. I mean, I'll tackle it for for the, a little part of it. So 
I think the most like the important thing to note here is that bloating is a completely normal part of life. And sometimes you're just bloated, just like sometimes you get a headache. It doesn't mean that you did anything wrong or that you necessarily ate something wrong. And it definitely doesn't mean that you should skip meals. So my advice would be continue to listen to your body. And the more that you're attuned with your body and you know if it's the occasional bloat or if something may be wrong. And if you do feel like something may be wrong, then I would advise you to enter into the steps that Brooke's going to kind of go over. Well, my first words of wisdom are <laughs> do not waste your money on those anti-bloat supplements and teas because they're basically super expensive laxatives. It's going to make you miserable. So don't don't fall for it. Even if Kim Kardashian says so, don't do it. <laughs> um the reasons why we bloat range from a variety of things. You know, for females, it syncs up with our cycle. Um, if we eat a high sodium meal, it could mean we have low stomach acid. I mean, there's so many different things ranging from like thyroid function to actual gut health issues. So the first thing I would recommend is just jotting things down around GI symptoms you're experiencing and connecting the dots. Was I really stressed today? What did I have eat prior? You know, what did I eat prior to this experience? So then you can kind of connect the dots because there's so many reasons it might be happening. If you notice these patterns and trends are beyond something that you can control, like it's not just like, oh, it's associated when I eat this food that I have an intolerance to. It's worth seeking professional help to do some further testing, whether that's a dietitian that specializes in gut health or a doctor or a GI specialist. Um, but definitely the first thing I would do is to just listen to your body, start a food journal, uh, drink lots and lots of water. Honestly, that's half the battle. Usually when it comes to bloating, you just need to drink water and eat balanced meals. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think Brooke, you said every morning you start with like a glass of water, coffee, a nice balanced breakfast, and then it's like shits ahoy. So that always, <laughs> that always helps with your bloating. Right? So. My personal behind, behind the scene Rex and Rose, like, let me just give it to the world on a podcast. <laughs> it's okay. I think I wrote like coffee makes me shit myself. So it's all good, man. Sometimes you just need a little caffeine and just like, bah, 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 we get things going. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, caffeine caffeine definitely helps. <laughs> natural natural laxative. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I think we're just gonna get straight into this week. Let's do it. Let's do topic. it. Um so I think last week we talked about over exercising and under fueling, and this week we're kinda gonna go like the opposite direction and actually talk about movement during or through injury and how we can use movement to actually support recovery and help us come back smarter and stronger. And so that's why we have the lovely Savannah here because she is someone who's been through this personally and works with it in her professional career. Um, so I'm just going to dive into the first question. Um, so I think like when I was kind of thinking over this topic, when I look up back on like the last 10 years of like my personal journey of getting into fitness and working out, I think about the injuries I've experienced and how my first couple injuries, I've kind of just tried to ignore them in hopes they would go away. So before we dive into how movement can be a part of the healing process, how do you know when you're actually injured or when you may just need a day or two off? It's a great question because sometimes you know and sometimes you don't know. Um, I, think, I think the more that you move and the more that you are trying to be in tune with your body, the more you're going to know the answer to that question. And that's why in what I do as a trainer, no matter what realm of fitness it is, whether it's like you know, hot kickboxing or strength training, I'm always encouraging people to feel uh, what you're doing and pay attention to what, what you feel, whether it's I feel my bicep when I'm doing a bicep curl or I feel my, my deep core when I'm doing a, a core exercise or Whatever it is, um, I think the more that you are trying to connect with your body versus disconnect from your body and divorce mind from body, um, you know, a lot of people will say, I, I go to a group class, so I don't have to think mm -hmm. about it. And it's like, okay, I understand that. But are you still feeling everything that you're doing and paying attention to what you feel? Because there's so many times I have walked up to someone doing a glute bridge and I'm like, what are you feeling? I'm like, Oh my lord. <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't, I don't, that's not. Yeah. So 
I think the answer to that question really is very hard to answer. The only way you can answer that is, do you, do you have body awareness? Are you looking inward when you are exercising? Because exercising is your physical body. And a lot of people just, you know, go do the thing, move really fast, and then they're done, and all of a sudden you mm -hmm. hurt. And you don't know why. And, um, you know, so it's, it's a matter of connection, body awareness. And I don't have the answer to that because there's so many different kinds of bodies. Um, but you know when it's an injury and when it's, I think I've overtrained or, you know, maybe I'm just tired. Or, yeah. Um, I think the more connected you are to yourself, the more you're going to know. Mm -hmm. Because I think we've kind of talked about it before, too, where um, when you're doing a movement, obviously there's going to kind of be some feeling during that. But like, if you're going into like a feeling of actual pain, that's your body communicating, okay, something's wrong. We're not, we're not doing something right right now. And, um, I think that's definitely something that I've kind of tried to focus on the last couple years coming from a place where like, I only worked out to see how fast my body could go or like how hard I could pound it. And, and that's how you end up injured. <laughs> it's that mental discipline. Yeah it's a really hard line to like walk mm -hmm. because I'm that mm -hmm. way. Um, I am so much like a, no, I've been on this track for, you know, however long and I'm not quitting just because I feel this, but pain is a signal that your body is trying to tell you something. It is trying to send you a message and you need to listen to it. And a lot of people train through pain and I've heard people say, Oh, my elbows hurt. Oh, it's cause I did this. You know, it's like, it'll be fine keep going until it gets worse and worse. And then it becomes normal for people to wear braces and, and casts and things when they work out. And it's, that's always been ever since I, I have been injured myself and worked through it. I've always been blown away by that, how normalized that is, that injury is normal in competitive sports, like powerlifting and, and Olympic weightlifting. And it's like, I really think a lot of those things can be avoided if we stop normalizing pain through um, training and the, when you say you have knee pain and it's like this slight thing at first and you first notice it when you are squatting or running or something or maybe two hours after you just got done running um, and then you're like okay well it's a slight pain I'll keep an eye on it and then a couple of days later you feel it again and it's starting to get worse and you just keep working through it there's a mechanical issue going on with whatever it is that you're doing and it I always encourage people to not only you know see one person like a doctor maybe or but have a whole team of health and fitness professionals mm -hmm. um that's why I love that I get to be a part of this conversation because I'm going to take it out on everybody's phone number <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone needs multiple opinions on things but again the more you connected you are to yourself the more you're going to be like okay Maybe I can slow things down for a second and really take a look at my movement mm -hmm. mechanics. And I really have fixed a lot of issues with people's pain. I mean, with simple mm -hmm. fixes in their technique in a body weight squat or something like that. So, for example, there was a girl who had knee pain, um, came to me and she's listing all these things she's doing and trying to get rid of her knee pain. And it turned out to be she had insoles in her shoes that she had been wearing since like college and is well out of college. And those insoles, her feet have changed since then. Mm -hmm. So I told her, try not wearing those insoles in your shoes for a couple of weeks and see what, what you feel. And it instantly vanished. So having yeah. old insoles was the problem. Mm -hmm. And her movement mechanics were off when she was working out. So, and just walking. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Cool? yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you brought up two really good points um, that I just blanked on again. It's that tequila from yesterday. But, uh, you know, like pain is, is a very personal experience, right? Someone can be like, oh, that shouldn't hurt. And you're like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Like it's hurting me. Right. So it is just what it is. Mm -hmm. So I agree that it, it sometimes is a, is a movement thing. It's something that the person experiences. Uh, I just think we didn't talk on like how it could also just be like a structural thing. Like, and that's why you should probably move your movement or change it, right? Like your your hips are just not built the same way that your trainers are. So you're not going to move the same way that they are. Your femurs are, are longer or shorter. So your leverages are totally different. Um, and going back to what you said is like so much of that is just 
feeling, right? Like you sit at the bottom of a squat and you're like, this is uncomfortable. And then you move your heels in and you're like, oh, this feels so much better. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. the only reason you know that is because you did paw squats at the bottom and you're like, this is a more natural movement. And I think that's mm-hmm. kind of where I know like personally uh, I was, so my, my squat now is like so much more narrow than it was before. Uh, and that's for a couple of reasons. One, like I finally have glutes that work. Uh, I was like all quads throughout college. And it's also like why my back got like ultra messed up that as well as like, my stance was so wide because yeah, I could lift over 400 pounds, but it was just taking a beating on my back. And I was like, Oh, this is worth it because I'm competing or I'm, you know, trying to do whatever (laughs) I'm running away from my demons. Um, (laughs) But like, right. You have to, you have to decide, are are you a power lifter and Olympic lifter and athlete where the pain is just part of it? You know, like there, there are, um, sacrifices that you have to make where it's like this is gonna hurt that just is what it is because you have to compete for something you've been training for three and a half years for in a week um or is it that you're just some someone who's trying to be healthy and move well and then you're like yeah like so you can't squat 315 for the next two months like so what like do you want to be able to go on hikes and lift your kids up and and do stuff or does your whole life revolve around the, the gym um, and those are like personal experiences and questions, but I think that they're questions that you should ask to your clients and then also that they should ask to themselves and their trainer. Like, why does it matter if I'm going to hit 225 in four weeks? And it's like, oh, it would just be really cool. And it's like, if my trainer says so, cool. But then they get hurt. And then it's like, oh, I probably should have like said something at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but yeah, I agree that it's a lot of times just uh, mechanical or structural thing where you just have to take time to play around and see what feels what feels mm-hmm. good and, and <laughs> what doesn't right. and then figure out why it doesn't well it's so worth it to do it it's just it is time mm-hmm. consuming and i mean it, it really is just personal like you said yeah. it's a great thing to bring up because it's, it's just going to depend on what you want and what your goals are and what you feel and what kind of pain you're experiencing because I mean, you very well could be like, I, I know there are times I've been 100% aware that I need to probably no. do every slow day down, yeah. work on this. And then, you know, I go do this. Stupid <laughs> thing. And I, I'm aware that I'm doing something dumb and it actually happened to me recently, which is why it was perfect timing to be on this mm-hmm. podcast because I was deadlifting and I know very well not that, you know, when you're going up in the heavier ranges, you need to have, you know, very much so focused, very much so like, okay, there's a step-by-step process in my brain, how I am going to Mm -hmm. deadlift this. And I have worked very hard on it. I've done it before. And it wasn't like a crazy high percentage of my max, but I went to lift it because I was dancing after, you know, one of my sets when I'm being all goofy and not focused (laughs) and whatever. And then I go down, I'm like, I've done this Mm -hmm. times, and I lifted it and I hurt my back. And then what deadlifts, especially tell people when you hurt yourself is, I can never deadlift. It's bad for your back. Stop deadlifting. Everybody else, stop deadlifting. It's bad for your back. Why? Because I hurt myself. That's why. Don't deadlift. But it's not. And I'm actually deadlifting to heal the injury because the movement that hurt me is also what's going to heal me. And it has. And it's a beautiful thing. It's very Mm -hmm. cool. Um, But people get scared away from heavy lifting or, or certain movements because they've been hurt by them. But it's really, it's not the movement itself. It's the, the mechanical way that you are doing it and how it works for your body. And if you just take the time to really step-by-step, step, maybe like trial and error some things with a trainer, with a nutritionist, with people who are on your team of, you know, health and fitness, it's worth investing in all of those people, your chiropractor. Like, you know, it's getting those, those in, that insight into your body as to how to fix the issue. And a lot of the time it is, you know, sometimes it's boring and, but it's worth it because the more I've done that and the more I've been hurt in my life, the where I've been forced to do that. Yeah. It sucks. It's terribly depressing yes. to be hurt and in pain, but the more that I said, okay, there's a learning lesson out of this and it's learning about my body. I've become stronger after the fact than I even was before every single yeah. time. Yeah. So I like how you mentioned, um, 
you know, deadlifting is kind of where you got your injury. And now that's kind of what you're using to also like heal the injury. And I think that's a great segue into the next question of, I think in the health industry, we see a lot of like one size fits all approaches. And a lot of the times in my past, at least, you know, we all kind of get the same recommendation to rest, ice, compress and elevate. And just kind of wanted to see like your perspective on this, is this like a one size fits all approach? Is this protocol of the rice method really effective or how can we kind of shift into really making healing and injury individualized? That's a great question because um, the rice method has been around for a long time and I'm only recently like kind of hopping on board the the gravy train where everybody's kind of like getting rid of the rice method (laughs) and the logic makes sense um because when you have an injury ice is cold and your muscles are perpetually pretty warm or you're trying to keep them warm your blood is pumping and everything so it depends on the injury and there's a million different things because there's a million different things going on in your body so that's why like I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physical therapist, and I don't, you know, have a qualified answer. All I know is from what I've tried with what has been recommended by my chiropractors, don't do the rice method, put some heat on it because heat speeds up the inflammation process and the inflammation process is crucial to healing. So if it's like a muscle tear, ice might be beneficial the first day because Mm -hmm. you're in pain and you might be swollen and it's going to help those things go down but after a couple days more ice is actually going to slow down that inflammation process and i'm not saying you're not going to heal from that but because i don't know for sure i'm not a licensed medical professional (laughs) but i do know that i have i myself have tried okay i twisted my ankle when we first opened back up at hot box oh my gosh sucked and it was super swollen so I put ice on it and I was like awesome this is great I don't have a job right as soon as I have a job again um and and the first day it I, it helped the swelling go down but I was like okay well I'm not going to put ice on it anymore I'm going to put heat on it and I put compression on it mm-hmm. and a week later I was fine whereas I, I thought I was in so much pain mm-hmm. it hurt so much and I thought it was going to be like at least a month and it was purple. It was like, oh, ma. wow, I'm screwed. And, but <laughs> did you slip in your own sweat? It every- <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Actually, no, it was just like a, I just happened. Oh I, like the first thing I said was ankles up. And I, I definitely yeah, did that. I just stepped wrong. That hot box. Definitely but, did that. Swept in yes. my sweat. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm de- that's why it's so funny how I did it. Like just by walking. <laughs> and there are so many opportunities I could have done it elsewhere. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the rice method is, um, I, I just think heat is like the new ice, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and that's only because it's been recommended to me, not because I've done like a vast amount of research mm-hmm. on it, but because it's been recommended to me by like my mentors and my my friends, my peers. I've been like, oh, that makes sense to me that you need heat to speed up the inflammation process. And inflammation is painful sometimes, but, you know, you can use ice, but you can use like over-the-counter you know, things like that for the pain, or you can just be, I know a lot of power lifters are like, I don't feel pain. We feel it. It's just like, (laughs) you pretend you know, I'm a power lifter too. I think that, uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that like, um, uh, the difference between like cold and heat. So uh, obviously I'm not, I think it's it, it's great that like we're like, hey, we're not doctors, like we're not physical <laughs> therapists, right? Like obviously the, the first thing you should do if you're like, hey, this actually like really hurts is you leave and then you set up an appointment, like go talk to someone who yes. can do. Refer yeah, a- absolutely. I'm, I'm all about <laughs> scope of practice. I mean, like, I don't know, man, go talk to a real doctor. Um, but, you know, so so in the in the, I guess, realm of healing, uh, these studies are are different but when it comes to like exercise and what we know about inflammation and inflammatory processes being in the cold does reduce inflammation right it uh you know decreases the amount of cytokines it decreases the amount of myokines that are present which all translate to like 
there's less inflammation. But in the context of exercise, like inflammation is a good thing. Right? Like we, we need it for the adaptations to occur. Heat, on the other hand, like has been shown to sometimes increase inflammation, but it's more of like that exercise inflammation where it's a good type of inflammation uh, as well. It makes sense that if there's an injury, you're going to need blood to go to it. So why would it make sense to put mm -hmm. ice on it that's going to constrict the vessels, mm -hmm. cause you to vasoconstrict, and then now less nutrients are going there. But if you are putting heat on, then okay, we're vasodilating, we're going to have more nutrients, more oxygen flowing to and from the, um, the injury. And so like, that's why massaging yourself sometimes just feels really good because it's like it's heat it's touch it's fine um but again it's like i agree that it's totally different because if you get like really hurt ice is probably a good thing at first but then at some point mm -hmm. like the healing process has to has to start again so yeah, well i think points. i love that you painted a picture with it too like about blood flow and everything because i think when people can visualize what's going on inside it's it's much easier to go okay this is what i need to do and i need to slow down and i need to you know it just makes it more understandable and digestible um and that's i think something i try to do when i teach mm -hmm. you know how to do a certain movement you know um visualizing it is very helpful in understanding your injuries so yeah i think it's interesting that we view inflammation as a bad thing and hopefully, you know, like our conversation and based on new research, maybe that's shifting a little bit, but that acute inflammation serves an important purpose, whereas chronic inflammation is something that you should be wary of and that would need to be addressed. So it's definitely like two different realms I think we need to separate is like what we're talking about is more of like this acute inflammation process that happens so that the body can heal, where if we have this like long term prolonged inflammation is where we might have some other issues, like definitely that would yeah. need to be addressed. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you two, Nicole and Brooke, like you guys are probably going to know a lot more about that than I am personally. And you too, Ro, I mean, chronic inflammation is far different. Mm -hmm. So yeah, definitely glad that you noted that difference. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, obviously every injury is different, but if you have like, I mean, with yourself and with your clients, when someone does get injured, I think there's that really big fear of, oh my gosh, like I've lost all my progress. I'm going to have to start over with everything. You know, how do you approach that personally? And then how do you also approach that with your clients of if they're fearful that they're starting over, or they feel like they've just like lost all their gains or whatever it is, you know, how, how do you kind of, I don't even know if like minimizing that fear is the right word, but how do you kind of like encourage them? Me personally? Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> It's, it's everyone's different. So I actually was just having a conversation with someone the other day about like assessments mm -hmm. and it was someone wanting to learn about like how they should go about having an assessment with a new client. And I think my approach would be the same way with injury. Um, it's going to be different if I've been working with that client, mm -hmm. uh, versus if they're coming to me with an injury or with pain. Um, it's, I'm always going to ask them as many questions as I can about like their lifestyle and what they do and what they like to do as far as fitness goes. And, um, there are many times I have referred out because I did not feel qualified to, um, help them until they received care from someone else who had a certain expertise that was more helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, if it's someone who I'm working with and I know that I can help them and I know that it's going to take a minute, um, I tell them up front, mm -hmm. this is going to take a minute, but that doesn't mean that you're going to just all of a sudden be this huge blown up person or unhealthy while we're working. Actually, you're going to be doing your body a huge favor in the long run, because if you think about it, the way that you move is you want to move as long as you possibly yeah. can, you know, mm -hmm. that's how we're designed to what we're designed to do. So if we skip over these steps, um, sure, you will be able to lift 700 pounds deadlifting or whatever it is that is this crazy, awesome goal that you have. But if you don't take the time to 
balance things out and take care of this pain or this imbalance or whatever it is. Um, and I'm telling you, I know, I know the steps to get there and we'll work together on it. Um, you will get hurt again. Mm -hmm. And it's happened to me. And I use my own experiences a lot. I really like to just talk about my own mm -hmm. bullshit because I have messed up so many times. That's the only reason I know so much about, or I like to think I know about, you know, that's actually not what I want to say. I'm passionate about helping people. <laughs> <laughs> Still learning. Yeah. But it's why I'm so passionate about it because it's happened to me so many times to the point where I was forced to do these mm -hmm. things. And like being in a back brace for four months was mm -hmm. like, I am not going back there. And I don't want anyone else to have to go back there because I could have avoided mm -hmm. it. So it's just a matter of like getting on a personal level with people. Um, and I, I always really highly recommend a team of health, yeah. uh, wellness professionals because not one person, if one person tells you they can handle your nutrition, your, your personal training, your pain really, if one mm -hmm. person is trying to handle all of that, there's not enough capacity for any human being. Mm -hmm. And they're also their own human. So in order for someone to deal with your pain, I'm going to ask as many questions as I possibly can about history, about now, about what you want later. And if I don't feel qualified, even if I do, and I work with this person, I'm going to encourage them to see a physical therapist. I'm going to encourage them to go see a, uh, their primary care doctor and get everything all there so that you know. And then that in and of itself makes somebody feel like I have all of these people who care about my health. Mm -hmm. And that's a really great feeling. Mm -hmm. And when I have that, I personally have that. And I recommend my own doctors and my own chiropractors and nutritionists. And, um, you know, like it's a very comforting feeling mm -hmm. when you have all of that. So it does take time, but it makes you stronger in the long run and it makes you smarter. And yeah, this was the first year that I like, yeah, this was like the first year that I feel like I tried to approach like an injury in a different way. And your advice kind of like was incorporated into that. And I did start seeing a physical therapist that their main focus is to keep active people active. And, you know, going into that situation, I was fully prepared to just like see this physical therapist and then just be like, Oh, well, just rest or just ice or just do this, like all the things that you've heard in the past, but they actually like, spent like a whole hour, like one on one, just, you know, helping me kind of like, move like my body in a different way and like feel different things and like you know with my hips and with my glutes and all these things that I just like wasn't thinking about when it came to certain movement patterns and it's helped so much and I think that was a really cool experience to see such a different um take on injury in the healthcare world because it wasn't something I had experienced before gotten hurt yeah. that's how I know you've never trained hard enough <laughs> Cool. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, Savannah. Well, that's a big point, though, mm -hmm. because people who've never trained before that get an injury for the first time freak yeah. out. And it's like, hey, yeah. like, you know, like, and then the more you have, the more you're like, yep, well, I'm going to go back. To <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, Savannah, you mentioned that um, you uh, were in a back brace for like four months. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to like one up you or whatever, but as someone who's had like back surgery, yeah, right, it's like. Yeah, like you learn a lot when it's like you can do literally nothing but heal now. And you're like, OK, <laughs> cool. You know, like it, it didn't matter whether I could like squat or anything because I could barely walk. So it's like, all right, we're going to move like we're going to rebuild like we have the technology. We can rebuild him kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you you I think it's really great that you mentioned from a like uh, a teaching standpoint, right, where you can connect with someone and be like, hey, the reason I'm making you do this is because if you don't, there's a good chance that you end up like I did. And I do not want that for you. Uh, so like for me, when I tell my clients, like, look, let's back off, like, it's not a big deal, right? It's from a place of, I had to reset for like three years. Like, why would I want you to do the same thing? Mm -hmm. Especially if you're not like gunning for anything, you're just trying to be healthy. Cool. Take two weeks off. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but like, <laughs> I have a a client right now who is uh, gearing up to compete in about a month now. And like two weeks ago, his back just, I, well, 
he was used to using a Texas deadlift bar or a Texas uh, squat bar. And he deadlifts well over 500 pounds, like very easily. But I, I let him train in my gym and I don't have a Texas squat bar. Like I have whippy Olympic bars. And so when he, when he got underneath it with his 400 plus pounds, like it was just, it was whipping a lot. And so it kind of messed him up because mm -hmm. it, it's like totally different, you know, like a stiff bar is going to make sure that it doesn't crush you as it comes down. Um, and I think that's probably where it came from. The volume was also getting pretty high, but it's cause like we were reaching a deload. Uh, but for him, it was like, Hey, take a couple extra days off. Like I, I just got him in with my, my massage therapist here in uh, Albuquerque. And it's like, we're going to get work done. And then we're just going to change everything for the next four weeks. Like there has to be a set plan in place. Like you don't just heal and you're like, get back to it. You'll be fine. Right. It's like very structured. All right. We're going to decrease volume, maybe intensity, blah, 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 depending on what it is. But for him, like, unfortunately, I guess he gets maybe a week where we get to ramp back up. And then it's, you know, you're trying to compete, man. So you got to suck it up and then get to it. But that's a trade off that we're making. You know, he's not just someone who's like trying to be healthy. He's someone who's trying to, you know, hopefully set state records and, and everything. Um, so that's like a, a the first thing. Right. The second thing I think I always think of is like it's it's all time. I think we talked about this last week where you get gains by being consistent and then doing it over a long period of time. If you're consistently getting hurt, you're not going to get any gains. You're not going to get better mm. at anything. Um, and so, you know, like understand that taking even a month off is much better than taking a whole year off or, you know. Well, and that goes for like starting to, to get yes. into fitness, you know, absolutely. Like, it's the same thing. It's, it's people consistently will push the weight sooner than they've learned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because it's exciting to be able to, wow, I did mm -hmm. that. Cool. And I get it. I really do. But I've, I've had to like, really like get people in, in like this, like one-on-one -on -one conversation. I'm telling you, you don't learn this movement and scale it down before you push the weight, you will be hurt. And then you're going to ask me, what can I do to be able to just body weight squat again without pain? So it's like people do that through injury too. It's like slowing down taking the movement apart and how does it work for my body? How does this work for me? Um, and working with a trainer is a great way to do that because that trainer is going to learn something too, you know, and it's like everybody's, it's a learning process and it's a really cool thing if you are able to understand what the process is about. Um, but it, it's the same thing for people who are learning to lift and learning to do, I mean, that goes for anything like kickboxing. Mm -hmm. It's like you go in there and you, try to crush the bag, you know, because it feels you're like, ah, I'm so angry. I got a lot of stress, but it's like, <laughs> if you, if you look at martial arts, they don't go in there doing it because they are having a stressful day. Not to say like, don't, you know, take a stressful day and go in there and hit the shit, <laughs> you know, but people go, I want to be really good at this really soon. And mm -hmm. it's like this instant gratification, especially when you are in pain, you want it to go away. And you just want to be able to do what you were doing. And I was having fun. I was meeting these PRs and I was just about to, you know, but you don't want to do it again. Right. Yeah. So let's just scale it down and you're not going to gain any weight or anything. I promise. Like, well, I don't promise. Yeah. <laughs> lifestyle outside of our sessions is yeah. you, but you know, like it doesn't just happen overnight. And I think it's so, and nutrition is a big player in fitness and I think a lot of people think that oh if I stop moving as much as I did because I'm in pain and I actually feel the injury I'm gonna have to change what I'm eating because I'm gonna gain all this weight you know and it's like it does not happen like that overnight mm -hmm. okay like which is why go see this nutritionist mm -hmm. they're gonna help you through this they're my my homie like we'll <laughs> talk about your plan but we're not gonna let you just go off the deep end like if anything we're helping you in the right direction so yeah. it's, a, it's a lot it's it's very i i sympathize or will empathize mm -hmm. a lot with gem pop and when they get hurt after they've you know just started really getting into fitness or or they've been doing it for a long time and they just now got hurt or they've had a million injuries and they don't understand why like i get it you yeah. know it's frustrating yeah. but and and i think the oh sorry nicole yeah, uh like having a, a trainer or a training partner who is very versed to stuff like 
especially when you're new is good because they give you guardrails, right? They're like, hey, like I know hitting 225 was like the coolest thing. I get it. I've been there, <laughs> but it's going to be a couple months before we hit it again, because why? Why are we going to keep trying to, you know, stay in this PR train so that you can just feel like shit for the next month? Um, and and some of that is right. Like if, if you're new to it and it's exciting, uh, of course, like and, and even as a trainer, you love to see that you're like, they got what they wanted. Really cool. And, and you know, you have to stop yourself from pushing them as well, because you're like, oh, like this, this is, looks good for me. It looks good for them. But like understanding that it's a it's something that they have to just slow down is like a really good thing. Uh, the second thing is like taking time off is you know, we talked last week about like overtraining under underfeeding. Um, it's a really good thing to sometimes take time off. But even if you are hurt for a couple of days or a couple of weeks, I think going back to, hey, I want to work hard because someone is out there working harder than me. My competition is blah, blah, whatever. Like there's detraining that happens kind of depending on your sport and depending what it is. So the first thing is the first thing to go is like always going to be maximal speed. So if you're hurt in like a week, right, you're just not going to be as fast because of the neural component as well as just like the muscles, right? Like you took a whole week off of running. Like how do you expect to sprint all the way? Uh, then you have things like strength endurance. You're not going to last as long, um, but that lasts a little longer than maximal speed because you know, you have type one muscle fibers that can take fatigue a little more. They're not like the type twos where you have to be able to output all the time. Uh, after that, like strength maybe starts to go like two weeks off. And I'm talking like you took two weeks full off and then you might get a decrease by like 10, 20%, depending on what your maximal strength was and what you were doing. So even looking at that, like two weeks is not, it's not a huge amount of time to take off especially if you are very in pain uh the anaerobic system is probably gonna be like two to three weeks later so yeah you can't have as much power output when you're sprinting and when you're doing even your workouts which is why when you come back you're always a little bit more gassed than you were when you uh, were hurt but that's just because it's one of the energy systems that left or not left but like got decreased you just work it back up it should be fine but like for runners, and I think I see it a lot with runners, mostly because runners get hurt more because they don't do strength training and they just kind of just keep fucking eating themselves off the roads. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that, you want to talk about a uh, a culture that that grandizes like being hurt. It's it's runners like absolutely mm. powerlifters mm. get a lot of shit, but yeah. it's runners that are like bro, like yep. you just keep running until you feel that endorphin high and then you don't feel anything. You're like, <laughs> okay, it's very good for you. I'm like, I don't want my legs to yeah. be big. So yeah, it'll yeah you're like, down. they won't like, they won't get big because you're still putting 40 miles on, but okay. Uh, but like the aerobic system, like also something that can last like a very long time. And so like, even when you haven't run for a long time, when you've like ran for three, four years, it's so much easier to be like, oh, yeah, I just ran three miles. It's been a long time, but I can still hit it because like there's a whole as much as I hate to admit it. Humans are like more cardio based than they are strength based. Like if you look at evolution, like we were supposed to chase things. We we're supposed to outrun them and continuously like do work like it doesn't really serve for us to be like super strong and be like, yeah, I'll just fight gorillas. Like what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Uh, so it's something, you know, when you look at it perspective wise that even if you take time off, like the systems that are at play will get a break and, you know, you just have to make sure that you have a good enough way back to where you're like, okay, like, yeah, it's a 5% decrease in my strength. Like, so what? 5% easy it'll come back in five six weeks depending on what you're doing and does it matter are you competing if not then whatever uh the aerobic stuff again like okay run a little less you'll be you'll be fine um but just looking at it from like a macro perspective and being like trust me on this one you're you're gonna be you're gonna be okay because from experience the and then from the science macro. yeah Yes. The macro perspective is huge. And I feel like a lot of people have a hard time seeing it from that. Okay. In the long mm -hmm. run, this is where this is going to benefit you 
because I think there's a huge mental aspect to oh, it and it's all connected. Absolutely. And I'm always, always thinking about that. Um, and it's, that's why I think the personal connection with whoever it is that you're working with, um, trainer defiant or nutritionist, the client is like, you have to be with them, you know, in their struggle mm-hmm. because, and if you haven't been injured, I'm not saying that anyone who hasn't been injured, <laughs> right? <laughs> but you know, I'm saying it's so important to get in touch with that person on a, an, an emotional and a mental level, because what they're going with. And I've read like statistically athletes, like I can't remember the percentage of them, but athletes who have had like severe injuries have been suicidal and that depressed because they are so, um, it is so ingrained in their everyday routine. Somebody who's, you know, lifting to compete or, or, you know, exercising to achieve those grandiose goals Versus Gen Pop, who's just like, look, I'm a doctor. I just want to get a workout in before I go to work so I don't get fat or something. You know, like, that's generally what they are thinking. But for for a powerlifter who is, it's what they know. It is very, very, and even Gen Pop, you know, like anybody who gets hurt, it is a mental thing that they are going through. Um, and the more that you are used to, the more fitness you have in your routine, in your lifestyle, the more that that is your lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. So it's really hard to be like, wait a minute, I have to change my lifestyle now. And I feel so good mentally. This is part of why I do it. I know so many people who are like, I come into this workout because yeah, I just need to feel good. Or, you know, like I, I have a client right now who's like, I, why are you doing personal training? I just, you know, I, I love the way it makes me feel mentally. I feel refreshed after I work out and after I feel good and stretch and stuff. I'm like, that's awesome. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people need that, you know, so it's, when you are injured, it really messes with not just your physical body. Sometimes people are worried more about their mental health or they, they might not even know that their mental health is like such a, a factor. Mm-hmm. So it's also going to be a factor in your healing. So as a trainer, I'm always trying to be like, I'm not going to play therapist or anything because I'll refer you out. But you kind of do, but right? It's just part of it. It's just part of it. In a sense yeah. you do. Let me tell in you about my feelings. You, you're, you have a relationship mm-hmm. and you are welcome to tell me about your feelings. I want to <laughs> yeah. know because it's going to affect your physical progress through mm-hmm. this. And all of that is connected. And that is a big, big factor. And I, I only know because I, I've been mm-hmm. there and it's like, I have to have the mental drive and I have to make sure I'm taking my care of myself in that area, especially if my physical body is like needing some help right mm. now and it's just connecting with yourself and making sure like you're not punishing yourself for anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just like you don't want to punish yourself by working yeah. out, you know, yeah. it's not a punishment. It is a, a blessing yeah. to be able to take care of your body. I love, I love that. that you, yeah. I love that you brought in that mental emotional piece because I think that's a part that we really forget is a part of a healthy journey. And if you're not, tapping into how you're feeling mentally and emotionally, it's going to have a dramatic impact your physical health as well. But um, I know that you also talk a lot about mobility and it's something like you've definitely taught me over the past year or so in your class. And it's definitely something I neglected a lot. Um, So how does mobility kind of play into, um, injury prevention or even, uh, injury recovery? That's a great question. I think, um, well, first of all, injury prevention is something I kind of like to stay away from because, you know, you could be the Hulk and still, you know, you accidentally walk out into the street and get hit by a car. Mm. Like no matter how strong you are, things can happen. Things just happen. And the body is also super complex too. So sometimes things happen and we train and train and train and, you know, you have to just get there to know what to do next. But, um, as far as mobility and how to, I don't know how, how understanding what mobility is, how it translates to pain and injury. Um, if you think about it, which nobody really is thinking about when they go into a class, they're like, I want to have muscles and no body fat. (laughs) And it's like, I get it. But you're not thinking about your joints and you're not thinking about your ligaments and your tendons and all the things that are crucial to you having muscles and no body fat, you know, or whatever it is that you want aesthetically or physically, whatever. 
the joints for me, the way I see it is that's the first thing to look at. And if your joints aren't moving well, the way that they're designed to, they are designed to move in specific directions, depending on what joint it is. You have different kinds. You have your ball and socket joint, you know, and stuff like that. So if your joints are not moving optimally, the muscles attached to those joints from the ligaments and tendons that run through them, there's so much connective tissue involved. If they are not moving as optimally and efficiently as they could be, as they're designed to be, because over time, gravity is a big player. What we do, our lifestyle is a big player. You drive all the time. Our hands are always in front of us. They're never behind us opening up our shoulders and our chest like this. They're always here. And eventually over time, depending on what you do, I know I played guitar for years in my life and my head sits very forward because I always had a strap on mm-hmm. my back. I always had a guitar on my back. So things like that, if your joints are not able to move, I'll put it this way. If they're able to move more then your muscles are able to get more range of motion and range of motion is a big player in, you know, the negative and the concentric and like getting what you want out of your training. So if you are squatting all the way down past the grass, but your heels are off the ground, like your joints aren't moving the way that they are supposed to, you are compensating Mm -hmm. and you might not know it. You might not feel any pain at first, but later on down the line, you've built this pattern, this motor learning and you have some pain and you don't know why it's because of the joints and the the range of motion, not, not just Mm -hmm. the joints, but everything works in Mm -hmm. unison. So the only reason I got into mobility was because somebody told me after I got hurt, like, Hey, you're hypermobile. And I'm like, (laughs) what does that Mm -hmm. mean? (laughs) And I learned about like how my spine will do just about anything that my hips are supposed to be doing. So it's funny you mentioned that you squat narrow because I actually had to learn to squat wide and deadlift sumo <laughs> style because that's what works for my body. And I have a longer torso and everything. So um, when my hips lock up, it's it's not very good. And it's, I mean, it's not good for anybody for your hips to be tight, but we sit a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and whether or not you do fitness and lift weights or not, we sit a mm-hmm. lot. Sitting is the enemy <laughs> because it, it, you know, there's just those patterns over time that we create just by driving and sitting and mm-hmm. texting and, you know, those add up. And I've noticed it in my body. Mm-hmm. And when I really just take some time each day to address my joints and whether it's like a, an active rest day or something, or it's a warm up or it's a cool down, or maybe it's my entire workout. Sometimes a lot of the time I'm dedicating an entire workout to mobility. Mm-hmm. And that's my intention for the workout. It has made a huge difference in my strength too, because I've always prided myself on wanting to be as strong as I can possibly be. That's like, mm-hmm. I'm strong. Um, and <laughs> every time I've, I've really taken care of my mobility and my joints and my range of motion, and I'm just trying to really make sure like I'm feeling good in all of those main areas. It's translated into the link tension relationships with my muscles and my ligaments and everything. And I lift better. I move better and I get stronger mm-hmm. that way. When I neglect it, that's why I got hurt. My SI joint was locked up because I couldn't go to the chiropractor all throughout quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Quarantine's been that's rough. What he likes to tell me. <laughs> so if you're yeah. like someone who has mainly been focusing on strength and wanting to get stronger, but you've been neglecting that mobility, what are, you know, the basic tips to even getting started with mobility, because I feel like mobility is really hard to get into and be diligent with because it's almost complete opposite of what we're made to believe movement should be or exercise should be. Like we think that we should just be going hard for an hour and burning all these calories and just absolutely getting winded. But, and then like that mobility forces you to slow down and you're just like, Oh, this is very tedious and boring and hard. In a sense, it does. I mean, that's what I want people to avoid thinking Mm -hmm. about mobility because a goblet squat is in and of itself a mobility exercise. Um, You know, you having the weight Mm -hmm. in front of you, your elbows in and your your knees have to go out. A bodyweight squat, you know, exercise is a mobility thing. Um, You are actively working on it. That's why I always say, Nicole, you've been there when 
we're talking about back squats. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who hasn't done a back squat before, especially with a barbell on your back, um, if you can't sit all the way down to parallel without your heels coming up or your knees coming in, that's okay. Stop where you're at. Um, especially in a group class setting, if I was in a personal training session, I might have more things to say, but you know, like push the threshold. Thinking of your workout as an opportunity to work on your mobility as well. You know, you don't have to do that every time, but for me setting an intention with every training session that I do, it's like, what am I working on today? Maybe try it, you know, two times a week, two, three times a week, make your intention. Like, I want to see what my range of motion is. Like I need to feel, you know, like a side lunge can be a mobility exercise, Mm -hmm. a goblet squat. I mean, a pull up, an overhead press is a big one because it's like, are you, can you get your arms to your ears? You know? And if you can't, it's (laughs) like, okay, well, let me think about what can I do to get there? What do I feel here? And then, you know, if it's a lot of chest, it's like, okay, maybe like, if you're going to bench press a lot, then do some rows and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know, like balance and thinking about your body as this mechanism that can do all the things. But what we tend to do is do the Mm -hmm. things we like and enjoy. And that's great. And I want people to do those things. But if you do too much bench pressing because you're a dude, you're like, yo, I'm going with my buddy and we love to do it every Wednesday or whatever, or every Monday, that's national bench day, whatever. (laughs) It's, you know, if you're not balancing those things out with other heavier lifts that balance it out, you're going to probably have less mobility Mm -hmm. on the back end. And, you know, less mobility leads to pain. And it's just a matter of if you're just aware, no matter who you are, a professional athlete or Joe Schmo walking in off the street never worked out in his life. If you are aware that working out is not just looking good, it's not just even feeling good. It's your body working together. It's a system. And your brain is a big part of it. So if your brain is right there with everything, understanding like my joints are just as important as my muscles and ligaments. And that's why we stretch after class. That's why we talk about these things because it's all connected. And one can't work without the other. And when one is the gas tank is getting near empty, probably mm-hmm. fill it up a little bit before you go empty the gas tank out of everything yeah. else. I think one thing to to understand is that like muscles are joint angle specific. So, you know, and that's all we always preach going to like full range of motion, right? Because yeah, it's, it's great. I guess if you can half squat or quarter squat through 15, but the second you get past that angle that your body's used to going, which is, you know, not all that low, then your strength dramatically drops because there's such a neural component to, and as well as like the ligaments and the tendons being like, we've never been this far before. So how do you expect me to move this weight? And so from a competitive standpoint, right? Anytime people are like, Oh, well I didn't bury it in training for six weeks, but I'll get at the competition. You're like, okay, yeah, good luck, man. Uh, it's, that's definitely not going to happen. Uh, and then they got all pissy when they're like, oh, well, the judges, you know, they didn't they didn't look at me the right way. Like, no, you're just not strong in that position because you didn't train in that position. And then you didn't train in that yeah. position. I say that all the time. Yep. Push-ups. Mm-hmm. Big example. Like go to your yeah, just go all the way down. I'd rather your body mm-hmm. understand that position. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you you mentioned that uh, you were like hypermobile, right? Like being hypermobile in itself is not a bad thing. It's a bad thing when you don't have the requisite strength to be able to move within that hypermobility. So, you know, if your spine can go, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how degrees work, but like, let's say like (laughs) 30 degrees, right? When normally it's 20, (laughs) then fine but that means that you have to train that 21 22 23 before you get all the way to that 30 um and i think that's what people don't understand is that like yeah deep squats sometimes are bad for you but it's bad for you when you go from deep squatting 135 and then you try to deep squat 225 and you're like everything hurts you're like yeah because you have no fucking reason being this deep uh and and like so many people don't understand that like if you go ass to grass you go to a full range of motion and pretty much anything you are building up strength yes it doesn't allow you to push as push as much you're just gonna have to get over that like stop ego lifting and understand that if you want to be healthier like if you want to do life as it happens 
then leave that shit at the door and just be like, hey, today we're going to work on stretching and strengthening at the same time by utilizing weights that we can use in a full range of motion in a capacity that's not going to hurt us. And in the long run, will get us to 185, 225, 315, whatever it is that that you want. Um, yeah, so it's like there's so much nuance to it. And most of it is just take your time. <laughs> that's it. Just take your fucking time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I know you got to get going, Savannah, but we are super, super grateful that you took the time to jump on with us. And I think this has been a really awesome conversation because like we said, if, you know, whatever the reason it is that you're getting into working out or movement or whatever it is, and when you do face injury, because I think eventually we all kind of do, <laughs> Don't be afraid of it and definitely invest in the healthcare professionals that are going to go through that journey with you and actually care about the injury that you have and getting you better and stronger and being patient with you. Um, like, Ro, what did you just say? I don't know. Sometimes, I say a lot it, of just takes, <laughs> sometimes it just takes time. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. like, yeah. stop moving. Yeah. You know, um, unless you are in severe pain and you need, you know, surgery or something like that. But I mean, like, for the most part, a lot of things like require Mm -hmm. you to keep moving. And sometimes it's just a matter of taking time, talking to Mm -hmm. multiple people who are passionate about that and understanding what movements do I Mm -hmm. need to be doing? How do I need to be moving right now? Because it's always Mm going to change. Like, as soon as you hit a certain goal, you can't just keep training the same way. You know, like, just as if you were a healthy person with no injuries, you hit a PR on your Mm -hmm. squat or your deadlift. And it's like, are you going to keep training the same way that you were? Probably not, because you're getting stronger. Same when you get an injury. You're going to change the way that you're training now. That will eventually change again. But this is, it's perpetually changing in your life whether you are a professional athlete or you're just working out Mm -hmm. and work out. Um, At a certain point, you will plateau no matter what. At a certain point, you won't, you know, you won't move. So as far as like forward, (laughs) keep moving. That's what it is. Yeah. Just, you know, movement really is medicine. Mm -hmm. And it's just a matter of figuring out what you're sure taking the time to do it. Where can, um, our followers find you on the internet and in person if they want to. <laughs> Where can they stop you? Yeah, yeah that yeah. sounds what's a little your, creepy. What's your Tinder and Bumble Sorry, profile? I mean, don't like, don't give out your address and phone number and stuff. But... Do you have a Do you have a PO box we oh, no. can send you up to? That's my router number. <laughs> can you share uh, your location, oh please? Yeah. On give my cash out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. I really, I'm, I'm on Facebook. You can find me there on Spana Hill, but I really am mostly on Instagram. Um, and it's Sav Nash. So that's S-A-V-F-I-T-N-A-S-H. And, um, that's really, I, I really don't do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Please do TikTok. That's a professional way to reach me anyway. So. Hey, Savannah um, didn't, then, Lil John, he, he reshared you. He reshared you. <laughs> Fancy. Oh man, yeah. Well, that brings me to the next place you can find me. <laughs> yes. um, dancing <laughs> and kicking and doing all things. Yeah, I'm a coach there, and that place has provided me with a lot of opportunity to learn. I know it's called Hotbox, and we are goofy and we are silly, and but that's you know exactly why I love it because I get to be myself, but I also get to really help people and or try to and um, just make connections, which mm-hmm. are important, you know. So, um, Hotbox Fitness, we're located in North Gulch in Capitol View area. 1006 Nelson Mary Street. Uh, so kickboxing and strength training classes, I teach a, I teach both of them. And um, yeah, it's my happy place. So, and we have open gym time. I personally train my clients there and you can pretty much find me there every day. So Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much. Um, this has been great. I love it. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And Nicole, if y'all have never seen Nicole, we have so, so much well. fun. Nicole and I like bonded. I'm one of those people that like, <laughs> yeah, I'm obsessed with that. Uh, next time I'm in Nashville, we need to come to your class. I, I yes. don't remember who it was who taught the class I went to. He was great, but we need to make sure we come it to your class Darryl. next time. 
Yes. Yes. Next time Burke is in town and Ro, you got to come too. We're going to take Savannah's class. Great. We're all going to meet in person. Oh my God. (laughs) No pressure. It's fine. Just a bunch of professionals. That'll be fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's bad for you. Don't do that. It's bad for you. Yeah. Oh boy. I gotta start peeking for that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys so much for having me on. Thank you, Nicole, for asking me. This is I'm I'm honored to be able to have that conversation with y'all. And you know, I hope that we continue that conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys. Rose is gonna stop recording and then we're gonna let it upload and Wow. All right. (laughs) Thank you. I do much more than that. Let's go ahead and cue that music.